0: Hello everyone and welcome to the next uh, podcast here at Trek Babel. This is Kevin. This is Matthew.
1: This is Elizabeth. This is Kelly who will probably have to go get a crying baby soon.
2: Yep. Today we're going to do before and after uh, sort of a late season three episode of Voyager. Um, There are a number of interesting aspects to it of course. uh, Some of which are not this episode's fault. you know, there's going to be a neat preview of Year of Hell, which is not going to be mentioned ever again. Uh, we can talk about that, but I've always liked this one, and I think it'll be a fun. You know, one thing Star Trek always has going for it is the what-if episode. You know, since it's sci-fi, there's almost always some sort of sci-fi contrivance that can get you to, you know, shuffle things around or do future stories or you know, of the characters, you know, in continuity. Uh, so mirror universe episodes are an example, but also um, you know alternate uh, continuities or you know futures that are then changed, et cetera, et cetera. So this is one of those, right?
0: Yeah, I, I think the other thing I I remember thinking about this episode was that uh, uh, I think Jennifer Leanne's departure from the series had was like well known by this point. So I remember thinking this episode kind of felt like the. Oh, you see what you could have been doing the whole time
2: with this character? Yeah, it's kind of a Kess episode, isn't it? Yeah. We can talk about that. Yeah. It's our podcast. We can talk about a lot of things. Sure. Uh, any pre- prefatory thoughts, Elizabeth?
1: Um, I will say that this was always a favorite of mine of Star Trek Voyager, um, which isn't to say that I think it's the best episode but it's. I think it's enjoyable. I think it's entertaining. Um, I always did think it was strange that they never referenced the year of Hell again until it actually happened, or they never mentioned, you know, the year of in that in that two-part episode. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, of, we oh, heard
2: about this.
1: Oh yeah, and Kess already gave us that temporal doodad, you know, yeah. you know, like Trekknobabble, you know, number that could have fixed everything. It's like, how did you forget about this? Um, Hmm. Which I thought was a continuity issue that was never really addressed. Um, But overall, I think it's an enjoyable episode, and I think that you're absolutely right when you say that this is kind of an example of what they could have been doing with the character the whole time.
2: Yeah, well, let's uh, start it up and see if we wish this had been the Voyager show, I guess. So are you ready, Elizabeth? Yes. All right. Those of you at home should get ready and we will all press play together in three, two, one, press play. So the biotemporal chamber is being activated. And here's some Asian y kind of kid. I don't think you <laughs> I don't think that's a word. <laughs> Asian esque? Quasi Asian? You could have said Oriental. I would never say Oriental.
0: <laughs> I like that the bio-temporal chamber seems to be packed with that uh, like sound deadening
2: eggshell foam material. Yeah, well, that that's the temporal shields or something. <laughs> um, I like the doctor's hair.
1: Yeah, it's our first clue that there's something weird.
2: Yeah, well, in addition to the other two characters who we've never seen before.
0: I have to say they they soft landed the Toupee well because they gave him like a thin receding hairline yeah. rather than a
2: yeah a rug, totally. And, you know, we still haven't, it's Grandma. Who's Grandma, you know? And here comes, maybe? No, not really. What did he buy her? Like a metronome or what?
0: <laughs> I also like that no matter what part of Star Trek, real, fake, Voyager, like the wrapping whatever. The paper is always sparkling. And, and the children are always in two-toned jumpsuits that are extremely
1: unflattering. Oh, <laughs> wow. Well, so that's quite a teaser.
2: Yeah, it only took about a minute. Um, Grandma Kess. I mean, what clues have we been given? Doctor with hair, biotemporal chamber.
0: And I think you were. I think you saw just a glimpse to realize both of the other people had, either if not ocompeneers per se, prosthetics
2: yeah, they, on their they, ears. Yeah, they have got something on their ears. Um. The the age makeup on Jennifer Lien is good. Uh, it doesn't look fakey at all. Yeah, it's
0: always it's it's always hard to figure out what they're gonna do.
2: Well, and actually, this is a fun game you can play at home. You should look up Jennifer Liam now, and uh, you know, see how well they guessed it, right? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's probably not a grandma right now, but you know, she's uh, in her forties at least, and she's put on a little bit of weight, and so it actually looks somewhat like the age makeup that they gave her. Well,
0: I don't think she has a head full of gray hair at this no, point. No, but, I don't think she has um, gray hair. No, the way more fun place to play that game is with the next gen crew because we are swiftly approaching twenty five the twenty-fifth anniversary of not just the series but of all good things. things, So it'll be like what does the card actually look like twenty five years after season seven?
2: Riker has way more hair in the show than I think (laughs) Jonathan Frakes has. You know, if you're listening, Jonathan, I say that out of all the love that I could possibly have for a complete stranger.
1: I think that Jonathan Frakes would uh, own up to it himself, so.
2: Oh, hey, you know.
0: I mean, one critical difference, Michael Dorn is bald now. So. That's true.
2: But, you know, he would always have a yeah. wig anyway. So. LeVar Burton has an age today. Yeah, he looks pretty much the same. Ah, so he made her a birthday present. Yeah, okay, now looking a little closer. It's, it's... a little
0: plastic and that is some serious metal all Albright hair.
2: Well, I think they maybe went aggressive on the modeling, like skin modeling. Yeah.
1: Dr. Van Gogh. You
2: know, that thing
0: just, I remember when Voyager came out, they said that he would be, they like prefaced that his eventual name would be Dr. Zimmerman, and of course that just ended up being the name of his creator. They toyed with this notion for so long, I eventually got bored of every
2: time they made a joke. Van Gogh is an interesting choice, of course. It's kind of strange. Yeah. So, you know, Jennifer Leigh is doing some sort of fuzzy old person acting. You know, I guess part of it is the ears. You know, it's like we don't know what an Ocampan should look like. Yeah. Or it. it's been so long since we've seen one at this advanced yeah, he's actually quite strapping with that hairdo. <laughs> I, I kind of like it. See now, hers—you can totally tell it's a wig. Yeah, but his oh, yeah. actually looks like, like you know, like Bosley hair restoration yeah. process or something, which of course seems weird in the twenty-fourth century. But whatever. Huh.
0: Kenneth Biller wrote this. I would have guessed Braga just uh, by
2: yeah, default. Given the setup.
0: I do like the the standard issue. Uh, knit jammies that all uh, medical patients They've wear. They've been
2: using the same ones for years, I guess.
1: The seven-year timeline bothers me, the seven-year lifespan bothers me anyway, but then to try to figure out how that works with crossbreeding with humans, Yeah, I, I mean, just, I
2: guess they have, like, 14-year lifespans, or... I don't or know,
1: I just, I can't handle it.
2: Something in between? It breaks my brain. I've, You know, I've always had an issue with thinking that any of these people could be... Uh, so if you look closely, of course, there are four pips on uh, yeah. Captain Chicote there. In some ways, this is like future imperfect, I too. I was just thinking. <laughs> um, so I've always had a problem with sort of wrapping my mind around the idea that they could learn just the number L- lang- of things. Language, yeah. Well, language I could get in a seven-year lifespan, but, you know, like operating a warp engine or, you know, doing differential equations, like, that took, like, seven years of working up to it for us, you know, so unless they're going to establish that Ocampans learn through telepathy or through accelerated... because
0: they display other species, like Vulcans live 200 years, humans live about 100, but it seems like they adapt to the universe at about the same rate. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't take a Vulcan 20 years to become a teen, like a 10-year-old. Yeah, 10 year old.
2: Vulcans aren't 40-year-old teenagers, exactly. So, you know, they sort of poofed out Shikote's Chikot- hair, but they didn't give him any gray, which is good, of course, given the timeline thing.
0: Yeah, he wouldn't, he's only, you know, four years older than he is in our in the current
2: episode ah, so here's our sort of paradox thing you know and so there's a flash and the dialogue i think would indicate to any relatively savvy trek viewer that we're moving back moving backwards yeah. through the story
1: Yeah, I do think that her aging makeup is a little bit plasticky. Yeah.
2: That's not it's not the worst of breed though.
1: I,
0: I do eventually I, I like the longer hair. The little pixie cut never really That's like practically for me. Janeway hair.
2: Yeah. One of Janeway's hair yeah. does. Well I mean like
0: the the eventual like long blonde hair she goes with, I kinda like
2: more. Oh
1: yeah. Well didn't well didn't they actually do that? for the actress because she oh, was she
2: hated that bowl cut, yeah.
1: Yeah, she was like sensitive to the prosthesis or whatever they were putting on her.
2: Oh uh, yeah, I guess she was really sensitive to the makeup gum or something. They've got some big quarters. I guess this must be a redress of the captain's quarters. Cause she's the one who has all these big uh yeah windows. I've always liked the Voyager set generally. Um, you know, I mean, not that I dislike the Enterprise D, but they did a good job of melding the aesthetics of the of, you know, like a more utilitarian ship and the sort of luxury liner that the Enterprise is. So there's still elements of luxury to it, but the color scheme and some of the, you know, it's it, it just it's not militaristic, but it's it's in between in a very pleasing way, if you ask me.
0: I, I always think Starfleet uh, off-duty design tends to go a little like lobby or hotel. Sure. I mean, especially next-gen, worse so because the color palette is so dating. Um, but this still has like the large, oversized, smoothed corner feel of your average doctor's office.
2: Something that's always this decorations that people choose. Can tend toward the, I don't know. Generic hotel room. Yeah, or like architecture magazine, you know, like something that doesn't look very lived in. There he is.
1: Now, the daughter, don't her ears look a little strange? Well,
2: well
0: they're, they're sort of in between. Right, they're supposed to be. She's supposed to be half O'Connor. And half human.
2: Yeah.
1: But is that like a strand of hair in front of the ear? Yeah. Or is that. Yes, that's, a, part that's, of... that's,
2: yeah, that's yeah. a ring of hair. Yeah. Calling him Grant. Yeah, so <laughs> the timeline, it, it's like you really have to work to figure it out, kind of. It's like, yeah. wait, so Andrew's clearly, you know, half Asian or something, you know, and but Linus here is clearly Caucasian, you know, so wait, who's doing what now with whom? You know, I, we'll we'll you figure know, it out.
0: In the end, I just always thought the nine-year comp and lifespan was just a corner they painted themselves into. Like, someone said it. And, like, oh, that'll be really cool and sci-fi. But, like, even if Jennifer leigh had stayed on the show, were they really just going to cake age makeup on? Like, would you really want to look at that much age makeup
2: week in, week out by season seven? Well, and are you really going to kill the character at the end of the show? Yeah.
1: Well, and I do think you're absolutely right that that's a very awkward uh, corner that they painted themselves into, which they kind of took care of with, you know, the departure of of Jennifer leigh
2: So we had the elogium and now we have the more elogium.
0: Yeah. I mean the 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 Ocampa still bother me because based on the way they depicted reproduction, they can't possibly make replacement rate.
2: Okay, Tom as husband. How do we feel about this? I mean, look, let's try to put ourselves back in the mindset of a you know, season three viewer. We have gotten two episodes of sort of early Paris Vellano yeah. courting, right? I got to feel, I, you know, it's hard for me to, to cast Take myself back. Take it seriously, back. yeah. So this is an interesting little mini-debate.
0: Yeah, I, I will say, one of the flat notes is these two do not read like father and daughter. Maybe it's because of the they're obviously, you know, if anything, you know, no more than two or three years apart in age. But the chemistry never read as familial. It's
2: well, a, I think you'd have to write a scene with them, you know.
0: Like, she doesn't have the – I mean, deference is not the word I'm looking for, but there's no sense that, like, when they talk to each other that they have that deep a relationship.
2: So, you know, the characters don't really trust um, Kes, which is an interesting dynamic, and it's been done in other episodes of Trek, and I think they're doing a fine job here. I mean, she's clearly, uh, you know, debilitated. One, two, three, four, five, six... I... I
0: I enjoy that they sing for he's a jolly good fellow because you know that song's not in copyright anymore.
2: Um, that cake, I feel like they've done that cake like a dozen oh, times. Oh yeah, that like shellacked, shimmery blue, yeah. Well, but
1: that. Well, didn't they do that
2: fondant frosting? That? frosting yeah. yeah, didn't they do what it was? With?
1: I I feel like they did a very similar cake in the Next Generation.
2: Yeah, totally.
1: In one of the episodes where Data was hallucinating or dreaming or something? No, that's a different
2: blue. That's the Council of Troy cake, right?
1: Oh, okay.
2: I think Voyager, like, they got the same caterer for cakes, because their cakes always have this extreme fondant frosting. Yeah.
1: And why does he still call on Commander Vulcan after all these years? I think he does it to
2: mess with them. Yeah. (laughs) Neelix is intelligent enough to alter what he calls him. He just does it to... To tweak him, yeah. What's neat about the time reversal thing is that she does get more lucid yeah. with each jump. Yeah, And so she remembers the things right, that the, were fuzzy in, in the prior yeah. to her jumps. Um this outfit on her, it is very grandma. Oh uh, no, and that other
0: one too. Like, dear lord, I have been skipping around watching Voyager as my like background noise, and the the only time I can think of something as matronly is um is uh Admiral Janeway's uh, like golden girls wear from Endgame. But uh, yeah, that's a very aging outfit. <laughs>
2: And, you know, part of this, which really works out, is that the characters take her more seriously with each preceding Pre- job. Right. So, you know, as an astute Trek viewer, I guess you're sort of wondering, all right, what's the sort of what's Trek the and Babel, yeah. you know, uh, solution to the puzzle?
0: I did like the brief debate we got about the idea of uh, artificially extending her life. I mean should we artificially extend human lives to to Vulcan lengths is that would that be ethical is it just because the time scales so extremely short that we feel okay artificially extending her life
2: yeah i mean i kind of find linus's viewpoint strange you know is it that kess is such like a hippy dippy naturalist that she feels it's unnatural to extend an O'Campan's life cuz she of course has already met ocompens that we're living to be 14, 15 years old, right? Right.
0: Well, I also think the idea of extending her life when she's in the thro- you know the throes of her decline is also you know so
2: she's too far gone to yeah. want to live more. Right. You know, this sort of numerical device is telling us that things are yeah changing.
0: Like, if they really wanted to dig into this, this could have been something fun to explore. Like, what would it be like to have a spouse that aged literally ten times as fast as you? Like, the the, the act of growing old together... Like, normally anytime we contemplate the idea of a partner not aging, it's usually, like, you know, Data or the Doctor as the romantic partner yeah. and understanding they can't share in this part of the experience. Like... Tom's a bit of a hound dog. I just kind of, like, I think it would at least be a interesting aspect to be like, it's one thing to grow old with your spouse and accept your mutually aging bodies as the fabric of reality. But what would it be like in two years if you're still relatively yourself and your partner had jumped a a life uh, mile post? I think that that would be something interesting to explore.
2: One thing that many of the series have done is this sort of moment where it's like, one of us expresses a strange theory and the others take it, you know, on trust and and move forward yeah, you know, in well, action together.
1: I'd like to interject real quick. I find mm. it interesting that Kess still knows how to use the computers and the interfaces when she's apparently lost ninety five percent.
0: Well, yeah, um, situational or occupational memories never seem like she could still speak. <laughs> yeah. She hadn't forgotten words. She can
2: still wipe her butt, you know, and stuff like that. At least as far as we know. Some weird lighting in this
1: (laughs) room. Yeah, why is it so dark?
2: Yeah. So here we get some flashback.
0: Okay, I think this dialogue sounds unnatural but he is talking to someone who doesn't remember the past so maybe the exposition makes sense but it's, i mean there's other otherwise there'd be like why would you talk to the person you're like why would you talk about your life with this person that way
2: so i i guess what we're to take this as uh is that she remembers the five percent of her life that happened after this right and none of the life before before yeah Which, like you say, Kevin, you know, does not include her occupational memory. So here's our Year of Hell preview.
1: Yep. And they're getting it right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> not Joe Carey. Oh, uh, wait.
0: <laughs> God, it still makes me mad to think about. Um,
2: okay, so this is a nice test. Yeah,
0: explaining why the relationship we were otherwise seeing with B'Elanna is not
2: yeah. there. You know, it, it's nice that they, they go here, you know, so that there's a, a reason in this alternate timeline for... Yeah. Because, you know, as far as we knew, Tom and Kess were not an item at this point. Right,
0: right. Yeah, if I have one real complaint about this episode, it's that I don't have a sense of Tom's place in this dynamic. Because if you think about it, in the last four or five years, he's married had a child, his wife is now at the verge of dying of old age, and his daughter is an adult, approximate, like, visually and sort of socially, his his own
2: age. Intellectually, his own age.
0: His own age. Like, those would be life-altering events. Like, you're married, you have a kid. If if, if tomorrow Kelly were 90 and Teddy were, you know, 35, wouldn't that be a little weird? (laughs) Yeah, I
2: think so. I mean, he's had several years to get used to it, I guess, but... Alright, Kronaton Torpedoes.
0: I like the little touch. He's a lieutenant commander.
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess some of these promotions are because of your Hell. Yeah. You know, th- there would be sort of difficulty advancing. Oh, it's a baby. See, this is the best hair. Oh, definitely her best hair. Absolutely. Are they taking <laughs> there's the digital camera of the 21st yeah. century? <laughs> <laughs> Everything in the twenty fourth century has a little blinking red and green LED on it.
0: Right. Okay. And like here here, like this little off joke a little offhand joke about Tom being Harry's father in law. That's a rad – like, that position in human relationships has – like, it –
2: Could Tom and Harry stay friends if Harry's banging Tom's
0: daughter? Thank you for (laughs) putting it, you know, more crassly than I would – as crassly as I would. Um, But, yeah, there's just – I would have enjoyed this episode, like – and it's a good episode. I really enjoy it, but I think I would have been, like, stunned by it if they'd managed – If they had gone there. If they had really tried to explore – like you know, young idiot horn dog Tom just sees the cute little blonde with the pixie haircut and no choicing skills, and just you know is drooling over her. But if he gets what he wants and lives this life, what must that be like? And like that could—that's just a cool idea that they that not just is it absent in the text; it feels absent in the emotional
2: interplay. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like if you were to become involved with someone who you knew was going to die in the next ten years. Yeah. That there would be a lot of weird emotional consequences. Would you get as deeply invested? Right. Or if you did, would you just be really freaking sad all the time? You know. Right. Um, would you try to take some kind of uh, existentialist viewpoint of like wringing every ounce of meaning you can out of every moment? Right. Like, this like Tom is
0: going to experience one of the like like a one life... of the worst things you can experience soon but he's also he's also going to experience the things that normally take a human the length of their own lives like he's going to experience in less than a decade what must it be like to be like well i'm going to have a spouse die of old age have a kid have a grandkid all the next 10 years like he won't even be in his own middle age when his grandchild dies or like barely entering his own middle age when his grandchild is dead of old age like that has to be this bizarre compression of a major life process yeah.
2: picardo looks so good i wonder if he lobbied to keep the hair i don't know <laughs> i think he's he, he seemed pretty comfortable rocking oh i'm sure he's comfortable with his you know normal hair dude but
0: i just watched a uh, lifeline and i did like that joke what was the first symptom of your disease rapid hair loss
2: it's, it's a good joke All right, so our sort of technobabble mechanism here seems to be the interaction of the residual radiation from a Kronothan torpedo and the biotemporal chamber. So it's sort of started casting her back in time. Now, I have some questions about this, you know, and my questions mainly focus on, uh, as you might predict, Kevin, mind-body dualism. You know, it's... Oh, you can't see me, internet, but I'm nodding. Um, <laughs> how can it? I don't know. It, if if this interaction of time particles or whatever is going to start sending her back in time, how is she not just the same bodily person when she keeps jumping back? How yeah. how are there not like multiple kesses in right, different places? Right. You know. Instead, we are supposed to take it that she is somehow progressing through her body in at the age, age that, that it would, it would be, be, yeah. And yet retaining, you know, the conscious memories or something. So what's actually being sent back here? Is it her or is it just her consciousness or what? Yeah. If it's her consciousness, that bugs me for various philosophical reasons. You know, how can you separate someone's consciousness from the body in that way and then implant it into the the currently existing body of someone who now has no memories. Like right. what? I don't know. It just like, I get it from a TV drama standpoint. I'm just, I guess I'm trying to go further and, you know, really work it out as to, to how things are really working. Yeah. Like, it doesn't hang together. Yeah, I will
0: ways. say we've hit a part of the episode where now that she's, like, not layered under four pounds of makeup and running around the ship and seems to have a handle on what's going on, it is, like, it was fun. It was cute watching her reassure her daughter and all that. Like, those were nice scenes. Um, and it's fun. Like, there's a competence to Kess in this episode that I really like that I think um, was a bit of an issue um, uh, in the series. I think it uh, – like, if this is what Kess could have been the entire time rather than just either doe-eyed and naive or sensing something, it would have been a lot of fun for the character. And they might have – you know, she might have stuck around.
2: It seems like the Kess character is kind of warming up to, to Tom. To yeah. To Tom. I mean, could there is there a way that it could be done better? Like, well, we're getting the entire
0: relationship. Like, you know what it is? If this episode were with Bolana, one the actors have buckets more chemistry, and we would have had a snippet, so we would have seen it from the first. Like, this feels like we're getting the entire episode the entire romance backwards in drips and dra- in drips and drabs rather than responding to something that was already there
1: and how has linus recovered so quickly from having just had a baby is this part of the Ocampan Well, they have the baby on, like, a
2: pouch in their back so maybe her back is really fat <laughs> yeah uh yeah i mean i got to imagine if you have like a nine-year lifespan that you don't have year-long recoveries from pregnancy. Uh, Just on an evolutionary basis, it wouldn't make much sense. Because you'd have to have at least two kids, right? Uh,
0: But this is the thing. In Elogium, they specify that she can only get pregnant
2: once. Oh, okay. Maybe men can get pregnant, too.
1: (laughs) That would actually be strangely satisfying to me.
2: Well, I mean, if it's just a pouch on someone's back... Like, granted, I'm sure there are, like, sex organs and stuff. No, speaking of which, here we go. She's got skinny arms.
1: I was actually noticing that earlier with some of these outfits, like the last outfit that she was in, just how skinny her arms were.
2: I guess it's painful. So it's a breach, back sack <laughs> delivery.
0: I like whatever double sided tape she was rocking. Like in that situation, if you were alone with your husband having the baby, would you really be that concerned about your modesty? Yeah, yeah, I was in a room
1: full of, of three people and wasn't that concerned about my Yeah, husband. Kelly was
2: fuck <laughs> naked. <laughs> oh, the joys of childbirth. Both times. I don't remember. Probably. <laughs> Yeah, and it looks like she's sweating and stuff, right? So you'd think she'd want to be ventilated. Yeah. I guess we make some concessions for TV. <laughs> Her hair's still all like, curly and stuff. <laughs> yeah, she hasn't been sweating. Well, that's future product. <laughs> that's like VO12 hot oil.
0: <laughs> I like uh, Neelix in the uniform.
1: You know, so do I, actually.
2: Yeah, yeah, I guess he never had his Counselor Troy moment. He kept wearing the couch clothes. Yeah, so look. This is the year of hell. How are we supposed to take this timeline? This is like late in the year, and Bellana got killed early in the year, and Tom and Kess got it together. Covered super-duper quickly. Yeah, but like they really... They really went after it, so we're getting some Year of Hell effects, which are pretty decent. Yeah, it's clearly a CJ model of the ship with some, you know, cutouts stuff, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, these are nice touches. Uh, you know, it's good. Sort of. Internal episode continuity yeah. work to have you know things leave and come back and you know
1: yeah
2: I mean one question of course is uh, how big a coincidence is it that she would be able to scan the torpedo that did it to her right you know given these jumps although I I suppose that should be the last jump yeah oh. it's There's another one of those, like, huh,
0: moments coming up and I'll flag it. Yeah.
2: So, (laughs) spoiler alert, you know, the the jumps are going to go further back than the chroniton torpedo. I I just feel like instinctively it seems like the jumps should not go back beyond the point at which... All
0: right, I've always thought that dude standing in the back (laughs) of the table was very handsome. And I don't know what he was doing back there, but I'm glad he's doing
2: it. He's just flexing.
0: Yeah. For, like, the heterosexual couple at the table
2: raises fascinating implications. Um oh hey, see now this I like a lot because they're fast forwarding what we're currently in you know, this is a really neat exposition of the future elements of this storyline with the The stuff we already know from season three. It's great to have them together. And it also, I think it's a nice teaser for the viewer, you know to know that that's coming. Hey, Captain Janeway wearing her little, uh ponytail barrette thing. That's a nice dress on, Kes.
1: Yeah. That might be one of Kess's favorite outfits, or one of my favorite outfits of yeah. Kes's.
2: Well, yeah, her previous one that was kind of hanging didn't look very good, but this is flattering. Alright, Chronoton Torpedo. Oh, I think maybe that's what did Bellana in. And Janeway, I believe.
1: Elizabeth? Well, that's
2: a nice touch for the episode. You know, actually yeah. showing us their death scenes. So we're at about 31 minutes here. You know, what else? whatever else you want to say about the episode, it's paced nicely. It's very crisp. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I guess... I don't... There, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, I don't think that there's a whole lot of extraneous, unnecessary scenes, really.
2: Yeah. If there, if there were, it might have been at the beginning of the episode. You know, it seemed like things went on a little longer. Yeah. But things are really moving briskly now, in a good way. I feel like Robert Duncan McNeil was trying to indicate some, you know, emotions. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a pejorative sense. Like, I, in a good way, he was trying to, I mean, he just lost his girlfriend and his captain. Like, yeah, yeah he should be upset. I mean, I guess these jumps are getting closer together.
0: Yeah, but then they're going to jump way back. Yeah,
2: which it, that that's what raises this question to me. It's like, usually in temporal anomaly type stories, you know, there's sort of a... Epicenter? where yeah, like things a, a resolve or A point, or point or where focus, things yeah. begin and you don't go back beyond that point. Well, yeah, and so here's, you know, some real emotional acting. It's, uh, you know, he's upset. He's got nothing with Kes right now, but yeah. she's sort of laying the foundation for it. Now, my question is, if she can scan herself for the and know ra- that she's infected, well, why I does she have to go, go see to the, the torpedo? torpedo yeah. <laughs> it's like, the radiation should probably be pretty similar.
0: This is this is more running around, talking, thinking, doing, than Jennifer Leanne's gotten to do in like three seasons put together.
2: And she's really nailing it. Yeah, it,
0: it starts to, except for maybe Warlord, which we liked. We thought she was good, and like it's always like it's it's like seeing um, Denise Crosby, you know, back on a seal or something, where it's like or in yesterday's enterprise in particular give her a
2: script she can do something Yeah. Like they hired her for a reason right you and know, then, she auditioned and did well enough to get the part <laughs>
0: i always love that manual door doodad. though she should have really
2: started it closer yeah, to the seriously. center i guess she's skinny but still
0: and even just the laws of physics you you the you know work is force times distance so yeah. if you're farther from the hinge you can leverage more
2: force so I like the look of the Chronoton Torpedo, and clearly they saved the model for yeah. uh, the actual Year of Hell episode. Okay, now, Elizabeth, Kevin, uh, tell me, how much, if at all, does it bother you that Seven of Nine is not a part of this episode?
1: Um, it, it it does bother me, although... I mean, it
2: can't bother you during this episode. This is, you know, like a retrospective question. Right,
0: she, she hadn't, tech. I don't know if she'd even been cast yet.
2: Or created, you know.
0: No, I think create because we're only about three or four episodes from the finale.
2: Yeah, but do you really think they've written that whole story arc out? No, certainly not. Then they could just have her on.
0: Like, you you could mention her as foreshadowing. Yeah,
2: you could at least mention her. So how much does it bother you? I'm okay,
0: I'll live. I have other issues.
1: It bothers me just a little bit, because I think it's a good point that at this... Uh, You know, at this stage, I'm sure that uh, the character had not even been cast yet, They may have, maybe they knew that there was going to be a new character, but it might not have even been a fully formed concept yet.
2: Well, I mean, 709 number one was the biggest thing or things to happen to the show, you know, through its entire run. And so it's just, it seems pretty glaring, you know. Uh, And she was a huge part of the Year of Hell story.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess they couldn't have known I, they, that... I mean, the addition of... And we'll, we'll discuss this when we get there, but the addition of Seven of Nine, Radic- was like a gravitational shift in the storytelling of the series. And either they did that on accident when it turned out Jerry Ryan could act, or it was on purpose from the get-go, and if it was the latter, then they should have laid a little groundwork.
1: You know, this is... Uh, totally off topic, but I wonder, in real life, how much um, uh, Jerry Ryan and Kate Mulgrew got along. Oh,
0: there's an interview with her on a ner- on one of the Nerdist podcasts. Or no, no, Aisha Tyler's Girl on Guy. She did an interview where basically she said, "I won't say her name, but it was who I did a lot of my scenes with, and
2: did not get along at all." This is Jerry Ryan. Yeah. Well. Didn't, talk, didn't show on screen? No, no,
0: I, I've always kind of got the impression that Kate Mulgrew might be a bit of a bitch in real life. I'm just, just theorizing.
1: Well, I think at that uh, convention that we went to... Uh, Marina Sirtis kind of was implied. I was about to say
0: something and Jonathan Frake stopped her. I know. I would have given a kidney to like going back with Marina Sirtis and have her dish gossip about Kate Mulgrew. I would have died.
2: <laughs> Kevin wants to have chronitons that make him flash back to that moment and <laughs> just stand up and yell out, say what you were going to say.
0: <laughs> I'm a sassy homosexual. If you keep gossip from me, I get a cramp.
2: <laughs> so we have anti-chronitons. All uh, you know, hey, whatever. It's like they're creating yeah. fictional particles, but they're giving them rules, yeah. you know, to some degree, and they're following those rules. Uh, there's some sort of measurement of chronotons, MEVs. Uh, I'm assuming M- mille- 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 electron volts. volts or something. But, um, oh, now they're in Rentgens. As far as Kate Mulgrew goes her interviews she always says that she took a leadership role Mm -hmm. and so maybe she felt she had to and that chafed against certain other parties I've heard certain other parties say that they viewed her as a a mentor and a leader so it's you know not every show is going to be TNG where everybody's just partying all the time And, and, and even TNG Patrick Stewart you know rubbed people the wrong way for a couple years Until they just told him to get off his high horse and, you know, and the horse he rode in on, etc.
0: Okay, we have jumped back to season (laughs) one. There is the
2: hair. And I
0: don't think that's the right wig, again. They never get old wigs right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this
2: wig is slightly better than the original wig. Uh, I do love this, This wig is still
1: pretty terrible. Oh, yeah.
2: I do love this as... You know, like a storytelling device. How about Janeway? Have they done good with close. close, as they've ever gotten?
0: The real problem for Janeway is I think Kate Mulgrew's hair is just was just that long in season one, and they probably just added a piece to make the bun. But when they go back now and her hair is much shorter, they have to give her like a wig over her hair, and it just the shape is never right. Kind of the thing with Kes here. Her head is, like, taller because
2: they're probably stretching the wig over her longer hair. So here's some hair on a different actress for Kes. Yeah. Is she, like, two months old or what? Um, you know, I always like it when these alternate continuity stories give you parents and yeah. family experiences. So as far as this is going, you know, I'm, I'm still digging it, you know i think it's really cool that they showed us a caretaker era scene yeah i think it's really cool now that they're showing us the ocampa homeworld it's still in a cave you know she's still she's into growing you know aeroponic vegetables you know so like this is this is a carefully written story seven of nine notwithstanding you know and I, i appreciate that they all they cast very elfin-looking characters yeah. for the Okampa and it, it works. Yeah. I don't know how this casting is. I'm not. I think maybe they should have done di- something different with her hair. So I guess this is the traditional Okampa birthing pose. Yeah.
0: How would you have liked to have given birth standing, Kelly?
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is a big baby. <laughs> yeah, that is a huge baby. <laughs> that is a huge baby. <laughs> well, she grew like five pounds in the past minute,
1: so. Oh, but it's a cute baby. Okay, oh. and this,
2: this, this is the part that, like,
0: annoys this. So, so, so now she's jumping back. Is
1: she conscious of this?
2: Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. So we get back to the single, fertilized zygote, which now moves forward because... Yeah, why?
2: You know, why? If her consciousness is somehow transmigrating through time, could it go to before, to the beginning of the universe? I mean, like, who knows what, right? If it's stuck within her body... What's the point of showing us this? Does she see these things? Does she does she remember them? Are we to take it that the Kess character at the end of this episode remembers this stuff now? Yeah,
1: that was good casting for the mom. Though. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, totally perfect casting. Nailed it. The ears just developed
0: later. <laughs> Apparently, I guess it's it's probably a labor law thing about putting prostheses on infants. Yeah
2: good catch (laughs) the baby has human ears what's wrong with this deformed baby so now we've just zoom jumped all the way back to the the application of the therapy which of course coincidentally enough happens in the current continuity of season three right
1: now what is an mev did i miss this we think
2: milli electron volt
0: yeah because ev is a um it's a
2: standard measure of Power yeah. for. Uh, Though, uh, electrons uh, subtitle in people,
0: the E should be lowercase. Yes,
2: that's true. Uh, the uh, Large Hadron Collider measures things in giga electron volts.
1: And this is the start of her long haired wig until the end of her run. As well, cats. also, so
0: it's kind of weird. like, They fixed the problem before it occurred, subjectively. They they fixed her radiation. They fixed the radiation. And, oh, there's the model again. Sorry, I'm distracted. <laughs> okay.
2: Oh yeah,
0: there he is. Um. He's like pretty hot. Shirts. That's okay, Kevin. Yeah. That's, that's that's like the most flattering attempted sexy I've ever seen on this show. Well, who's the <laughs>
2: woman talking to? him? She's like, so. Uh, can okay. you come visit my program yeah, later? Yeah.
0: You you hit that random command uh, officer. Um, um, maybe he's not holographic. Maybe that's a different crew member. Oh, that'd be off. God, where the hell has he been hiding? Um, In the gate. The gay deck. (laughs) (laughs) If if Star Trek had a gay deck, I'd be there
2: right now. I would never leave. (sighs) What number would be the gayest number? So it's got those cutouts on the... On the side, yeah, which... yeah. Oh my god,
1: I didn't even notice that until now.
2: Well, they did that with the DS9 swimsuits, too. Yeah, with Malco. Alright, so look. You know, Kes is telling them a lot of what they know, but not everything. Yeah. She, like, she tells Neelix he's a security officer. Alright, so it's a possible future. Now, why is it only possible? How are we to take this? It's now only possible because of the information she's imparted. Because she's changed. So she'll make different choices. Yeah. You know, personally. In the remaining three episodes. She well, had. yeah, but I and I Could. this
0: line right here, she shouldn't share about the future unless except about these Krenim. That's fine. I'm like, that's a. Well, but clearly, it is a
2: different future because she's leave the ship. Yeah. It it so it's it's a <coughs> weird episode to give her right before she leaves, right? Like, if you know she's going to leave, why not address her leaving? Her leaving,
0: yeah, yeah. Like I said uh, in my review for Darkling, like. That was an interesting out. If she decides to leave Voyager for even more adventuring experiences, that's actually a interesting way to go rather than the, oh, I'm transcending time again. Like, that's kind of, yeah. Do so you think they
1: know when they wrote
2: this stuff? I have to because they want, But they were going to do Year of Hell? Well, no, it's clear. I, they call it Year of Hell. Yeah, they call it Year of Hell. The story details are picked up. So, so Kelly's asking, I think, is this just a. Uh, a throwaway future reference, right. but then and they then pick it up, up and it. do it later. Or is it a reference to a story they know is in the pipe for next I year? I think the amount of time they put into the Crenum ship and the prop,
0: they were probably <coughs> going to do something.
2: Maybe the story was gestating. Yeah. Hmm. <coughs> so writing-wise, my own philosophical problem notwithstanding, you know, I know that's not something that a lot of people are going to get worked up about. Well, um, no, it
0: doesn't – okay, well, here's the other – here's something that even a non-philosophy person um, could have a tr- have a problem with. When they slow down to try to prevent her leaving, her body physically distorts and fades and disappears. So that yeah. indicates she's, like, physically entering and leaving a space, but then what happens to the cast that Becomes was Becomes younger. Anyway, yeah. Yeah.
2: It's, it, uh... it's just
0: – it's one of those ideas that just seems cool
2: but doesn't stand up to scrutiny. Well, they really, for to my mind, you know, they could have solved at least part of the issue with a line of dialogue saying that because she's telepathic, her consciousness is being transferred. Or something. It you know. would still bug me, yeah. but it would bug me less than the kind of clunky, uh, you know, transmigration thing they do. Yeah, because w- what happens in each time fragment, right? Does she disappear and they're upset, or does that Cease timeline ceased to exist now because it's been changed by the prior timeline. It's there's just a lot of stuff going on that is not explained.
0: And to be like the last time I think we got anything close to this would be like Picard jumping through time and all good things. But and you, I'm more willing to let go a Q
2: based, you know. Well, I mean, it seems like those three divergent timelines were sort of diverging and self-contained yeah yeah so anyway um all of those problems notwithstanding uh it's a very good kes episode as far as character um it's a fun counterfactual you know what if story uh it's carefully put together for the most part um the year of hell uh preview is sort of spine tingling and interesting and cool yeah um you know, and then there's a lot of nice touches like the Talon and B'lana relationship, relationship, um, you know, going back to Caretaker, going back to the Ocampo world. Um, so, all in all, it's a very pleasing watch for me.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I get nagged. Like, the jumping back to apparently the moment of her conception and then forward.
2: That irritates me.
0: Like, if, if the doctor's treatment was working, why didn't it just stop her from jumping? Or, like, it, it just... Eh. And technically, the radiation from was yeah. removed from yeah. her body. Yeah, the radiation should not exist in her, her body, body prior at that point. to the torpedo. Yeah.
2: So why would she ever go earlier than that? Uh, I guess the only reason that had to happen was that the character in Season 3 had to experience some meaningful change. And we're, what we're given in this last scene is that she recalls everything. Yeah. But now she recalls everything plus has all the memories from before right. that, too. It's like she's been sort of cut and pasted back together mentally speaking um so uh you know how do you feel elizabeth
1: well i do agree that it's a pleasing episode and i think it's a it's an incredibly good cast episode that it's almost kind of a good send-off for the character yeah in kind of a good and bad way because it's a great send-off but it then you just leave thinking why couldn't they have done this for her earlier why couldn't the character have been this this interesting two seasons ago
2: you know what it is I think Elizabeth you know Hmm. there are loads of interesting angles for the cast character but Berman and the studio were both pushing against having any sort of serialized storytelling in Voyager they wanted things to be self-contained for syndication and so it's By the very nature of the character, you know you're basically eliminating ninety percent of the stories you could tell. Right, because like when by you, aging her, when, when you
0: lock in, um, like, uh, Bolana has character growth. J- the Doctor certainly has character growth. Seven eventually gets character growth, but it's not like you need to have seen the character growth to get it. And the moments all oh, like Janeway, Bolana, Seven, the Doctor, the space they were the the range they were locked into was just inherently more interesting. Like, you could pick up Janeway at any point in the series and just be fascinated by this interesting, competent woman going about her day. Uh, Bellana, a woman with a temper working on it, largely her story arc. But wherever you pick up that thread, interesting story. With Kes, you've locked her into this point of, you know, young and eager and naturally bright, but not much more than that. And if you never want to give the viewer the confusion, oh, oh, this is after she went to school. Like you, then you kind of lock her into this perpetual curious flower thing, and it just it, it it kind of paints the character into a corner. If they can't do serialized change, she's never going to get that far away from who she was in Caretaker.
1: Well, and I do agree with that. I I, I think you're right that the fact that they were shying away from the serialized storytelling is exactly what harmed that character. But again, it's still frustrating because, you know, eventually, uh, take Deep Space Nine, they ended up, especially in season seven, you know, it was heavily serialized. And I think the show benefited from that. I think they were being sh- short-sighted in not being willing to allow that serialized aspect to encourage the uh the character growth. Um, I think there's
2: probably a middle ground. You know, like DS9 is something that you just can't pick up and watch. Right. You know, Voyager certainly is to the detriment of one or two characters. You know, there's probably some middle ground. Yeah, TNG
0: gets a little closer to that happy middle because there's clearly things that happen to the characters, meaningful things that they remember. Uh, Alexander. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't know if alexander is a good example well, of the know, middle ground like but stuff happens to the characters <laughs> right but stuff happens but you know so in but moving of... on from that i you know i do have to agree that i think it's troublesome to have her time jumping back before she was even infected with the chronoton radiation i think that part of it kind of makes the science a little bit fuzzier than it should be um science, but... yeah, or, yeah <laughs> the other well, Yeah. But, you know, overall, I think it's a a very pleasing send-off to the character.
2: Yeah. Too bad it wasn't (laughs) the season finale, I guess. Uh, Like, how could she have left in this particular storyline? Like, they could have made her leave, right? Like, how could she have left? Like, maybe she would go to the birth of the universe (laughs) or something. I don't know what. could have written it in, in the next episode or two. Yeah. Now that I've seen this, I want to go explore. Yeah. Um, anyway, so problematic but very enjoyable. Uh, Acting-wise, I thought Jennifer Leon was yeah. like gangbusters. Yeah. Uh, Agreed. I, I think, you know, Robert Duncan McNeil did as well as he could with yeah. the lines he wasn't given.
0: Yeah, like he just felt obli- like none of his interactions, even his romance with Kes, really felt like they had resonance for me well
2: when he gives Belana a kiss you're like that's the way it should be and I don't think just because we've watched the rest of the series yeah. I think it just feels right and something doesn't quite feel right but but their scene in the mess hall you know triage yeah. area was effective yeah. you know like you could see the beginning of chemistry um, I thought the, the guest stars were pretty good You know, yeah, for Linus and Andrew, right? Um, Andrew certainly had that sort of uh, foofy 11 year old, you know, teenager boy, you know, earnestness, yeah. He'd probably be the kid who gets beaten up at school, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, you know, and I thought the actress for Linus did a pretty good job, you know, emoting, like, like you really felt she had a point of view and she was advocating for it. Like, she didn't feel out of place. She felt like she fit in the universe. Um,
0: Uh, Effects-wise, I think, was pretty good. The shuttle returning to Voyager was good. I think the Krenim ship design is just a little too dark. It reads a little muddy.
2: They... I mean, part of the Krenim thing, of course, can be uh, sort of retconned away. Yeah. Because their design keeps changing Yeah, you know uh, in this design which was clearly a CG effect um, there were some like warp nacelles with almost TOS Enterprise style uh, you know Hussard collectors yeah. on the front um, you know but all the all the effects look good you know none of them were as sort of jarring as some of the earlier CGI yeah. stuff we've seen yeah um, the age makeup was okay, I guess. It got better as she got younger.
0: Yeah, um, her new wig is great.
2: Oh yeah. Uh, any acting notes that you want to think about, Elizabeth?
1: Um, the only real acting notes is I have to agree with your uh, criticism of Robert dumping uh, of Robert Duncan McNeil's um, interactions with his the actress who plays his daughter. It wasn't really believable. Um, as far as them having, they read more as brother and sister than they did as a uh, father and daughter. Yeah. There, um,
0: there wasn't much like discipline or power. There was no power dynamic, yeah. like even a healthy one. There's, there's just no sense that, you know,
2: but I, I would say that's more the fault of the script. Than yeah. Like the
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but otherwise I thought that Jennifer Lee and knocked it out of the park with this episode, This was um, her best episode. Yeah, I mean, she did. She she acted her face off, and you know, I I think she she really um, makes the viewers miss her when she leaves, just solely you know, like almost solely based on this episode.
2: Maybe she should have become a Borg. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Jerry Ryan was a
2: great Borg, so like, I remember initially feeling cheated that you know they got rid of Kess. Even though I know they had done nothing with her, I was like, well, they could have done something. Yeah, I with her.
0: don't remember like being like, Oh, I'm gonna miss her particularly, but I was like I do remember thinking like, Ugh they literally just cast a pair of
2: breasts. Like But, you know, luckily for us, no, we, she, we turned out to be wrong. Yeah. You know, she's not just a pair of breasts. She's also a pair of breasts, but you no. Know, uh, you know, many, many good acting skills. Yeah. Uh, all right, well Personally, I think this is like energetic and fun and interesting enough to to make it into four territory. Like, like, I I've got sincere reservations about it, but none of those reservations, like I've had reservations about various stories and they've ripped me out of the episode, you know. And I'm like, I can't enjoy this because this bothers me so much. And that's just not how I'm feeling here, and it's like it's it's working for me. I
0: agree with that up until the zygote. <laughs> like that's when it when, that's when the absurdity of the setup became unavoidable to contemplate for me. Uh, I enjoy this episode. If it was pure enjoyment, it would get a four. Pure analysis, it gets a three. So now I need to decide whether or not I'm giving it a three or a four.
2: Well, Elizabeth, what do you think?
1: You know, honestly, um, for once in my life, I'm going to agree with my brother and (laughs) say that there isn't anything so egregious that it pulls me out of giving it a four. Um,
2: It doesn't go far enough for a five. I think that's easy to see. Right.
1: And I do agree with that as well. But I think that for me, it's safely in four territory. Um, And... You know, the zygote thing does bother me either, but it doesn't pull me so far out of the enjoyment of the episode that it knocks it down to a three, in my opinion. Here's my argument.
2: There's enough oh-cool moments, you know? Yeah, uh, okay. Here's, Here's where I'm at. We gave Unity a seven,
0: and I think this is a better episode than Unity. We also gave Future's End an eight. And this is not as good as Future's End. I agree it's not as good as Future's End. But it End. is probably close, as closely as enjoyable. All right, I've, I will grudgingly agree with the four. I, I, I really want to sit some people on the Voyager staff down for what I think are ongoing problems with season three, but I will agree with the four.
2: No, oh, there are plenty of problematic episodes. Kelly says three. Um,
0: Interesting. Interesting. Thank you for validating my concerns. <laughs>
2: too late, you can't take yeah. it back. Guys. Yeah, you I can't take it back. I, I have, I, can't you yeah,
0: I have editor, I have editorial control. I can change anything into anything. No. <laughs> Veto. <laughs> All right, so that's an eight for for before and after. Um, yeah, it's it's a good episode. It's a thoroughly enjoyable episode. I do agree there, and it has. Some I think neat it's got ideas. a lot
2: of a lot of rewatchability too.
0: I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, the, most of my concerns with this episode stem from its lack of treatment later, rather than a problem. In yeah, and we
2: area. can't fault so, this episode yeah. for that. Um, yeah, I think there's there's enough fun, you know, <laughs> it, it's it's fun, and despite some of the problems, there's enough sort of clever uh, weaving of storylines together to really please the, yeah, the sort yeah. of observant viewer. Um, okay. That's an eight, so uh, good for this episode. Uh, We will catch you later probably for Scorpion. Yeah. um, And we'll revisit some of these issues, of course, with Scorpion. Um, You know, Kess issues especially, uh, but also seven of nine issues. Uh, All right, well, hope you had fun, Elizabeth.
1: Yep, thank you for inviting me along on this one.
2: All right, well, Mm -hmm. hope you had fun at home or on your uh, mp3 players on the cta i don't know where uh it'd be a weird thing to listen to but yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna say i've never listened to a podcast without watching the episode yeah. um good night live long and prosper have a good night everyone
1: night